Welcome. This is Bill Munhausen, your host for Christian Ideas and Activism, also available as the Key Ozarks podcast. My niche is faith and religion, but that doesn't tell you the whole story, because God wants us to be salt and light in every aspect of life. My mission is to seek out the truth of things. We'll explore government and entertainment and family and entrepreneurship and science, all through the filter of what God would want as he builds his kingdom among us. This is a continuation of our discussion with Stacy Shore about Google and the data they collect from public schools. So this is, let me read this to you, because this is part of the technology use agreement. It says COPA. COPA is the Child Online Privacy and Protection Act. It's federal law. Applies to uh, companies and limits their ability to collect personal information from children under the age of 13. These programs must provide parent notification and obtain parental consent before collecting personal information from children under the age of 13. The law permits districts to consent to the collection of PII, personally identifiable information, on all students, thereby eliminating the need for individual consent given directly to a third-party operator. So once you check the box, you give the school the authority basically to say, it's fine, we have given you all permission. Mm-hmm. It says the technology, used from, from the technology use form constitutes consent for your student and or the district to provide personal information to third-party operators. Mm-hmm. That's what you're signing, right. right? So it goes on to say, Google... This is interesting to me, too, today, because Google today, just today, was levied. I'm going to read this. Because Google is, they act like they're the champion of all children, and everything we do is for their privacy and their benefit. and every. But here's the thing. Let me read. I'm going to go on just one second, because I want to read a couple more of the things. Now, this is out of Google. This says, the permission form, this is from Google's portion allows the school to act as an agent for parents in the collection of information within the school context. It also goes on, this is from Google, it says information we share. With user consent, which that's your consent form, Mm -hmm. we will share personal information with companies, organizations, or individuals outside of Google when we have user consent or parent consent. So they're telling you, they're not hiding from the fact Mm -hmm. that they are, quote, sharing. Sure. Does that mean selling? No, that's selling. But they're selling this information, the metadata that we talked about, Mm -hmm. with third parties with appropriate apparent consent. Right. So the issue just becomes, this is one more piece of it. It says COPA, this is from Google, COPA and parent consent. If the customer allows the end users under the age of 13 to use the services, those are all Google services, customer consent as as required under the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act to the collection and use of personally identifiable information in its services described in the G Suite for Education Notice for such end users. What that means is they know... COPA protects your children. Hmm. They know 
that with a check in the box, you waive that protection. Right. So in saying all that, let me bring this up because this was another big part of what alarmed me. But this happened right after I said, I can't sign that. You're asking me to forfeit my son's rights to privacy mm -hmm. to Google. They're telling you they're going to sell his information. And you're asking me to give him a Chromebook and call that fine. Well, I can't. I just want to read this really quick. This was last year in September. The FBI, this is from the New York Post. The FBI warns of rise in cyber attacks against schools as they embrace, embrace digital learning. This was from Avon, Connecticut. Over six weeks, the vandals kept coming, knocking the school systems network offline several times a day. There was no breach of sensitive data files, but the attacks in which somebody deliberately overwhelmed the Avon public school system in Connecticut still proved costly. Classroom lesson plans built around access to the internet had come to a halt. The first time I called the FBI, their question was, well, what did it cost you? Said Robert Votek. The district's technology director, it's like, well, we were down for three quarters of a day. We have 4,000 students. We have almost 500 adults. And teaching and learning stopped for an entire day. So how do you put a price tag on that? The kind of attacks more commonly reserved for banks and other institutions holding sensitive data are increasingly targeting school systems around the country. The widespread adoption of education technology, which generates data that officials say can make schools more of a target for hackers, also worsens and attacks effects when instructional tools are rendered useless. Schools are attractive targets because they hold sensitive data and provide critical public services, according to the FBI, which said in a written statement that perpetrators include criminals motivated by profit, juvenile pranksters, and possibly foreign governments. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. Attacks against schools have become, co become common, the FBI said but it is impossible to know how frequently they occur because many go unreported to law enforcement when data is not compromised. Attacks often have forced districts to pull the plug on smart boards, student laptops, and other internet-powered tools. It goes on to talk about in the article other districts around the country, but the FBI in September of 2018 levied a warning to the dangers of technology used in school districts because regardless of what you're told, they're not great repositories for protected individual student data. Mm -hmm. We saw this happen in Osage, the school of the Osage School District just two weeks ago. They've been breached. Well, what does that mean? They get on and say, don't worry, FERPA protects us. That's not the data. Mm -hmm. I mean, are your GPS well, services turned off on the FERPA student Chromebooks? FERPA doesn't protect anybody from a hacker no. data breach. But that's what they want they, to roll they, out. They stole. Yeah, we have FERPA. <laughs> they stole it. You know, they don't care like, about your law. Exactly. And so they don't really give you details on who it was because they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so the issue is we're in, I mean, we're in this great white abyss of no knowledge when it comes to what are our children's children being exposed to and what kind of people are they being exposed to and for what purposes, for how long. So the technology piece is legitimately the Federal Bureau of Investigation in September of 2018 levied a warning to all school-age parents to say get engaged, get involved, understand what can happen and what is happening. But school districts don't appear to be really heeding those warnings.
because they're just marching on. You know, yeah. technology is where we have to go. I have a little anecdotal story about that because uh, when I went to visit my daughter in Colorado, in Denver, they were having a problem with the school district because my grandson was failing a class. So they got me to go in and visit with the teacher, and the teacher was a nice guy. But what had happened there is they were doing a, um, a video production class, and there was a team of four kids, mm -hmm. and their data was lost halfway through the, the session. And we went to the technology department because they weren't using Google. They were using all in-house stuff. And what it turned out is they got a virus, and so they had to initialize the workstations. And their backups were corrupted because the servers ran out of space. And they said, don't worry about this. Next year, we're going to do everything in the Google Cloud. Because, I mean, that is the motivation. Right. The, the Camdenton School District for years had their own in-house right. computer staff. That's right. It puts all of the onus, all of the burden on yes. you as a local district. Yep. And this is so much easier. Right. And that, and that is really the impetus for the school districts. This totally is like understand. taking this whole burden away from us. Yeah. Don't mm -hmm. worry. We'll give it to you for free. Right. But the problem is it's not free. It's coming at a very, very great cost. Yeah, but the school doesn't really see it that way. They see it as a, an alleviation of an administrative task. But they are also <laughs> commissioned with the protection and education of our children. And I think that that is something that some of these administrators need to start looking at across the country is that they need to start to become better advocates for our children because that's not what's happening. They're just marching to the beat of Desi's drum. And it's not mm -hmm. just here, it's everywhere. Right. But I think that they need to start being held accountable to what's really happening in the data world. Just today, okay, this comes out just today, the New York Times. Mm -hmm. Actually, I heard about it today. I take that back. September 4th is when this was stamped. Google agreed on Wednesday to pay a record $170 million fine and make changes to protect children's privacy on YouTube. As regulators said, the video site had knowingly and illegally harvested personal information from children and used it to profit by targeting them with ads. Critics denounced the agreement dismissing the fine as paltry and the required changes as inadequate for protecting children's privacy. The penalty and changes were part of a settlement with the Federal Trade Commission and New York's Attorney General, which had accused YouTube of violating the Children's Online Privacy and Protection Act. Regulators said that YouTube, which is owned by Google, had illegally gathered children's data, including ID codes, used to track web browsing over time without their parents' knowledge or consent. Mm -hmm. In this situation, the parents had not given consent. Therefore, what happened was considered illegal. Well, the parents might have given consent, but they didn't give consent to Google illegally selling the data, maybe. Well, it actually says that without parents' consent. That's, okay. that's what the courts found, that the parents had not consented. So children under the age of 13, they were selling and exploiting their data, their personal and private data. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing every day in every school district across the country. The difference is, and Google knows they have to have it, they're pushing a private parent uh, permission slip in front of you. You're checking a box, mm -hmm. and you give them the permission. It's illegal what they're doing unless right. you give them the permission. That's what just happened in New York. So what, once you've given them, given them permission, it's still unethical, but it's not illegal. Exactly, and they know that. They know that. The big part of this piece of it is that when you overlap the, the, the Google piece, 
Mm-hmm. You know what they're doing is social emotional learning is driven by the departments of ed, but then someone's measuring that through technology. So the next piece to this is, you know, like I've said to my principals, I've said to teachers, and this is how I feel. If I know that my student's information is being kept in district and you or any administrator is willing to sign off on, you know, vouching for, don't worry, it's safe, it's being kept in district, then I'm 100% on board because I trust you. However, if you cannot sign, then I cannot consent unless you can tell me with absolute knowledge where the information's going, who's keeping it, for what purposes, and for how long. Maybe it's not the right place to insert this. But it would be easy for the schools to do a better job. I mean, Chromebooks are dirt cheap, right. so the school districts could buy them. Well, not have the front-loaded apps. Yeah, not don't have, have the, the front-loaded apps. To Google. Use a non-Google repository for data, and then you'd have your secure local data storage without any of the headaches. The problem is Google has made their way, they've weaseled their way into our Federal Department of Education, our yeah. State Departments of Education. Tons of lobbying dollars have come in. And now they're considered, quote, a partner in education. And the partner, I think we start, and this is what this whole podcast is about today. I think we need to start really looking at, I think Josh Hawley, who's the senator for the state of Missouri. Mm -hmm. I have a friend in Springfield, and I want to bring this up very quickly. If you Google, (laughs) (laughs) or DuckDuckGo, I have, sorry, tongue-in-cheek. But the Springfield School District, there's an incredible story of a family from Springfield. Their names are, well, Brett Hay is the one I'm going to reference. But if you go to the Missouri Education Watchdog, and you actually search what's held on my school's Google Drive, there will come up this story. And it's about a lady who was a teacher in the Springfield Public School District. I won't go into the full breadth of the story because you can read about it. But what happened was they went in and found out that by way of the public school district server, her ch- all of her children's Google searches, all of their YouTube searches, all of her talk-to-text messages, um, her kids that would do Siri searches on her phone, they were all being housed on the Springfield Public School District server mm-hmm. because okay. it was all... The Google was all part of the Google Cloud. But again, when you're signing the consent, and she did not understand this, it acted in a predatory fashion and pulled her personal information, her accounts, her bank accounts, her usernames, her Amazon accounts, her YouTube. All of those things were on the Springfield Public School District's website, I mean, on their server. Mm-hmm. The issue is who has access to the server? Well, Google. Mm-hmm. Any employee that has access to the server within the school district, right. um, all of the app builders. So she had no idea how great she was. And actually, they got a private investigator to get a, a, a they went in with a request. The story's fascinating. It's been in the Springfield News. Mm-hmm. But what parents need to do is go watch that story. And it's again on the Missouri Education Watchdog. It is under the header um, What is Stored on Your Student's Google Drive. And so when you really start to delve into, it's so much more than what it looks like firsthand. And I met Britt. I know her. Mm-hmm. And I will say this even. Her father had to self-report a HIPAA violation because he found his medical records were on the school district server somehow. Wow. And so when you really understand, again, the predatory fashion that the Google Cloud, the Google services are acting in. The story is fascinating, and it will leave you literally upside down. And you don't want to believe it. They've documented, they've videoed all of the evidence. They've gone to the school board, and at the end of the day, they've been ignored. 
that's but a lot of people in the community understand what's happening and have been very receptive to it but it's alarming at the blind eye that's being turned Mm -hmm. because it's very very scary and so i just really commission parents with the fact that you need to understand this and be open to understanding this and dig deeper because when you overlap the social emotional piece with the corporate interest the, and Google says and I'll re- remind you mm-hmm. that they will share not maybe share right. but we will share personally identifiable information with corporations organizations and individuals outside of Google with proper parental consent that's alarming because what does that even mean yeah well I mean it sounds actually if I hadn't spoken with you it sounds okay it means your parents have given consent right but you don't know what you've given consent to. Because, yeah. again, my piece is if I was giving consent to the school to care for the needs of my children, gladly. Mm-hmm. I really would do that because I trust the people in my community and my district. Right. But the problem is you've embedded that privacy technology use agreement, and then you've overlaid it with Google's. Mm-hmm. I will not submit to Google. Right. So call me a bad parent. Call me what you will. But I will not submit to Google's policy. So that's the problem that many parents are having is they're not willing to submit or surrender their federal laws, Uh the rights that protect their child at the federal level. It's a felony to breach those laws, to break those laws. $170 million fine in the state of New York because Google accessed private information of children without parental consent. Mm -hmm. However, they're doing it every single day in school districts all across the country because parents are checking the box. Right. Mm-hmm. So next chapter, next step is testing. Okay, before we go on, yeah. in recent history, you stopped checking the box. So what does your son do? Does he just use his own laptop? He does. I mean, here's the thing. Within the district, to be very honest, the administrators that I have worked with personally are very understanding, and um, they've accommodated his needs. The teachers, like I've said, he'll work harder. He may have to work harder. Mm-hmm. The teachers have been fantastic to understand that this is... And Bear can articulate, my son can articulate why. Mm-hmm. He believes in protecting his own privacy. He has a Fifth Amendment right. He be- understands what a legal search and seizure means. Mm-hmm. That he's not mm-hmm. forsaking his rights because when nobody can explain to us who's getting the information, for what purposes, how much it's being sold for, is it being researched, is he a human research subject in some kind Mm -hmm. of weird research project for free. But when you check the box, you forsake all of that knowledge. Uh And so the point is, if that means we cannot submit to Google, therefore district technology, then we have actually been accommodated quite nicely because... It's like, are you you not going to give him a free and public education because we won't surrender our rights to Google? Is it likely that some of his metadata is getting to Google anyway? You know, I think without question, like I've said, I mean, and I don't mean any disrespect, but what I've said often, we're not Amish, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I mean that in a respectful way (laughs) and that Amish don't use technology. Uh So that would be totally disingenuous to say he doesn't have a cell phone that he plays games on his cell phone, sure. that he has a computer. He's excellent with technology. Might even back up his, if he has an Android phone and backs it up, he's got a Google Drive somewhere. <laughs> right. No, you know? and so that would be totally disingenuous to say uh-huh. that he is not a but user of technology. if it was found that his information was used inappropriately, it's a, it's a violation he of law. He has recourse. 
mm-hmm. because if the school the school cannot give, we re- revoked or rescinded any consent that we've ever given prior. I feel very, very strongly that what Google is getting away with right now will be illegal mm-hmm. in three to five years. Yeah. I think. Totally illegal. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, I don't want him getting caught in that web. So he was in it for a year. You know, the Chromebook, all the app builders, all the surveys. You know, the iReady testing is a big deal all across the country. Mm-hmm. But what's it really testing? And that takes us to our the next topic. Okay. But no, I would, I'm not oblivious to the fact that absolutely there's data being collected at some level on him. But it is with our knowledge and consent. I mean, we know that he plays games on his phone. He has a phone. Mm-hmm. He has Instagram. That's the one thing he does have. He has an Instagram account. I monitor, totally aware, fully understand, you know, even the TV at our home. They're, you know, I believe the cable companies watch and see how long mm-hmm. you watch a show. for. And so, no, we understand data collection. But I do not believe that attending a public school funded by taxpayers' dollars, that in order for my son to get a free and public education, he has to surrender his rights and totally submit and bend his knee to Google and say, have all of me. So he's basically able to do all of his work, required work, with, um, without a Chromebook. Yes, for the most part. For the most part. I mean, it has to sometimes be crafted. I mean, his research may look a little different. The way he communicates with his teachers mm-hmm. look a little different. But yes, yes, okay. they've worked with us because, again, I'm not, it's not about the school. Uh-huh. It's about the Google piece to what you're asking me to give get deference to mm-hmm. and I am not prepared I will not offer consent so consent and here's the other thing I want to say about consent there's two parts to consent either you give it or you don't and I really believe in that so it's like if you don't tell me I have no choice when you've asked me for my consent that's right. bullying I have the right to not consent but you can't browbeat me into consenting and making mm-hmm. it look like that I did it willfully because I won't Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the piece that parents need to understand. You can't push me into consent. Right. Because you give me the option to say yes or no, mm-hmm. while I respectfully say no. I suppose a law could even be written, maybe it already has, that uh, consent that's coerced isn't really consent. Well, I will say this, informed consent, we're working at the legislative level right now, mm-hmm. um, will be this session on a couple of different pieces. Data privacy is one. Um, but for schools to have liability personal liability if there are data breaches that's going to be brought into the equation because you know again and schools don't like that but it will force schools to potentially rethink how they're really truly protecting children and informed consent i believe needs to be offered to all parents parents need to be able to not have to dig through a hundred pages of a privacy notice they need to be made aware look if you sign this you're waiving your protections that are found under COPA. The right. FBI warned you about things like this, mm-hmm. and here's why. Now, do you still want to sign? Okay. And if you still sign, you can, but then it's informed consent, and that looks different mm-hmm. than what's happening now. Right. So we plan to effectuate legislation. We'll see if we can get it through, but it seems logical. You know, I mean, it's a bipartisan thing. The Democrats hate, I mean, as far as the big technology piece, mm-hmm. big corporations, as much as I think the other side, we we really crave privacy yeah. in a way that my kids can still go to school well, and use technology, but I don't have to allow his information to be sold. I can't help but believe that socialism would require something like what Google is doing. Well, look at what Google's done in China. Right. 
I mean, they're helping China yeah. establish a social credit system, people. Right. That's so, not a secret. I mean, so it has I a I don't name. know the Democrats would be against it. They would want to harness it. Well, I think you look also <laughs> yesterday... I saw a flashpoint of news that talked about Trump is looking at engaging big tech to bring in a social credit a credit system for people who want to buy guns. Well, what's a better way to spy on parents than to filter beliefs through their children? They did it mm. in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. They found out what parents were doing in their households by questioning the children in the schools. Uh, through the youth corps. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the social-emotional learning piece that is so important that people understand. And I mean, is it hardcore? Every single question is hardcore. No. It looks very benign, probably mm-hmm. somewhat innocent, but here's the problem. And this is going to segue into the testing piece. Can anybody see the test? I have a few minutes left in this episode to discuss my life and time in the Ozarks. About three years ago, we started a community center called Key Gathering Place, whose mission was both spiritual and practical. Key Radio is an extension of that idea. The vision of Key Radio is to allow every neighbor to have a voice, to create a virtual community better than places like Facebook, where neighbors can express complete thoughts verbally rather than typing past each other, and where nobody gets censored for expressing ideas that aren't approved by the fact-checkers, whoever they are. Stay on Facebook to keep in touch with family if you must, but it's not a forum to exchange ideas freely. Stop cooperating with the enemy. Key Radio also encourages face-to-face conversations. Many of our programs involve interviews and conversations among friends. For example, Matt Burns and Ike Skelton talk mostly local politics on their show BS Nation. Although you might be intimidated about creating a radio program all by yourself, it's pretty easy and natural to talk with a friend and record it for broadcast, or record one-time interviews with people of interest. Who, then, should be on key radio? Unlike commercial radio, we have a place for churches and ministries every day of the week. We have an entertainment hour for local musicians to get public exposure. There's a business hour that allows business owners and promoters to explain what they do. We even have an hour every day for politicians to explain themselves so that the citizens they serve can get the story straight from the horse's mouth. I encourage each of you to go to an internet site called Anchor.fm to learn how easy it is to create a podcast and radio program. On Anchor.fm, you can begin simply to share what you know without limitations. If you're not happy with your first recording experiments, you can easily redo them before they get published. Hone your new craft, gain a following, even find sponsors to pay for your time. Then contact Key Radio to bring your conversations to Lake of the Ozarks. If you are interested but want a little more help, email BillM at OrionCenter.org and I will get you on the right path. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, go out and do good.